0: Your Bibles, please, for our second reading, our Old Testament reading, to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus 16, verse 1, hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And they took their journey from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain certain rate every day that I may prove them. "...whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at even, Then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then ye shall see the glory of the Lord... For that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And who are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full. For that the Lord heareth your murmurings which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, Upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna," for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather it of every man according to his, to his eating, and omer For every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it. Till the morning, notwithstanding they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seethe that ye will seethe. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning as as Moses bade, and it did not stink. Neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, "'Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none.' And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, "'How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws?' See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name thereof Manah. And it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, So Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna 40 years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. Now, an omer is the 10th part of an ephah. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. I'm sure the last verse cleared it all up for you an omer is the 10th part of an epha everybody knows that let's remember that an omer o m e r as it's translated in your authorized version is different from a homer h o m e r okay an epha well an homer is almost the size of a 55 gallon bucket a homer an epha is the 10th part of an omer Okay, And an omer, not a homer, but an omer is less than that, about about the size of a a water bottle and a half. Okay, does that help you? No, it doesn't help you at all? (laughs) Okay. All right, so we have in Exodus chapter 16 several interesting things, really two main points as we're short on time. Let me make this first point here pretty quickly. We have the murmuring of the people of God. And several things underneath that. First of all, notice that they murmur, and the Lord does not destroy them. That's uh, great mercy on the Lord's part, right? There's no, there's no difficulty there. The Lord is merciful to them. Again, this is that honeymoon time, right? Well, like it says in Hosea chapter two, we talked about that earlier today. When it, when it says about them, what that they that you know you went after me in the wilderness there there was a day when you went after it's like we were on a honeymoon together when we first came out of Egypt we had that first year remember that God said to the uh, to the to, to the young man if you've married a wife you don't go out to war for a year well the Lord spent a year with his people in that way too And this is that first part of that year. And so there's difficulty there. They are, if you will, pining for their former home. Oh, the flesh pots in Egypt. If we could just have those. And they're murmuring against the Lord. Of course, they don't bring their murmuring to the Lord. They bring it to Moses and Aaron. And Moses says to them, finally, who are Moses and Aaron that ye would murmur against us? That's not such a big deal, but it's true that you're not murmuring against us. You're murmuring against the Lord, and that is a big deal. First Corinthians chapter 10, uh, the apostle Paul will say, Neither murmur ye, as some of them murmured, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Murmuring is a wicked sin, beloved. Now we have all kinds of euphemisms for murmuring today, don't we? Well, I'm not murmuring. I'm just being, um, you know, uh, I'm exercising, uh, you know, a proper criticism. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm exercising proper judgment here. We learn to be dissatisfied with all kinds of things that the Lord sends because we think we want something better. We deserve something better. What do we say when we murmur? I am more informed of my needs than you are, God. I'm not satisfied with your care of me. I want something other than what you've ordered for me. My wants are more important, more informed, better, more profitable, more nourishing for my soul than whatever it is you have in mind, Lord. I'll have my way, not yours. Thank you. When we unmask murmuring, For what it truly is, it is a kind of violation of the Tenth Commandment. It is a violation of thou shalt not covet. We covet that which God has withheld from us. And in so doing, according to the Apostle Paul, we become idolaters. Murmuring, beloved, make no mistake, is a species of idolatry. It is a wicked sin. But the Lord is merciful. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. And so he does not destroy them. But full of pity he forgave them. Is how we put it in our metrical Psalter. Right? Full of pity he forgave them. So that takes us down through verse 12 or so. Um, The Lord will respond. He will say, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. And we might be inclined to respond by saying, okay, I've heard the murmurings and we might expect I'm going to destroy them for murmuring against me. That's not what he does. He remains their God, faithful to them. He remains merciful and kind to them. What does he say? I've heard their murmurings that they don't have anything to eat. So I will cause bread to fall upon the ground and I will bring quails in the evening and feed them. With flesh. Did they deserve that beloved? No they didn't. Children. When you sit down to a meal with your parents. That your mother and father have either. prepared for you or they've you know. Had something out and you know. Brought something home or they've taken you out to a meal. Do you deserve that meal? No. You don't deserve it. No we deserve to be deprived of every particular. Blessing in this world. Not only are we not worthy of the least of God's mercies. We are worthy of the greatest of his judgments. Because we have sinned against him. But the Lord does not uh, proceed in that way with them. In verse 12. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them saying. At even ye shall eat flesh. And in the morning ye shall be filled with bread. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. Not the Lord God, but the Lord your God. I am providing for you. I did not bring you out into the wilderness to starve. I brought you out into the wilderness to serve me. And so in bringing you out, I will indeed provide for you. As Hudson Taylor once said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Okay. So, it came to pass in the evening then, verse 13, notice the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a dew that lay round about the host. The host is all of the people of Israel gathered together as one. And when the dew evaporated, there's something laid on the ground. What is that? Well, I don't know what it looked like. I mean, we have small small round things maybe. That's about all we can say. Uh, It looked like frost or hoarfrost. Hoarfrost is a, is a kind of plant that grows. It's a grayish color. It looked like that, but it wasn't that. It was something else. In fact, the people of Israel didn't know what it was, and so children, you know what this word means. They said, manah. Actually, the word "mana" is a question. What is it, I pray thee? That's what, the, what mana means. What is it, please? Tell me what that stuff is. And Moses answers the question. This is the bread which God said he would give you. We we read also that it tasted like wafers made with honey. That sounds pretty good. God's provision was not, uh, you know, uh, here's here's some cardboard. You can live off of it. It wasn't like that at all. It was like wafers made with honey, and in those days, honey was a great delicacy. Let's let's make sure we we understand that. Put ourselves in that uh, in that vein. And so they are told to gather it. And they are to gather it every day of the week. Monday, gather. Tuesday, gather. Wednesday, gather. Thursday, gather. Friday, gather twice as much. Why was there twice as much? They ask Moses. And Moses says, The Lord is reminding you, do you remember? Do you remember the Sabbath day? Do you remember that the seventh day is holy? Unto the Lord. You see, Exodus makes no sense. Exodus 16 makes no sense apart from a Sabbath not waiting to be established at Sinai, but a Sabbath already established at creation. And so, without the establishment of the Sabbath day, there's simply no reason to gather twice as much. And there's there's certainly no reason that that twice as much would not breed worms and stink. And yet, it did not. It was set up for the memorial of the Sabbath, was it not? This is why the fourth commandment begins with the word, Remember the Sabbath day. Not keep the Sabbath day, not establish the Sabbath day, but remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so Exodus 16 is simply one of those places where the scriptures testify to us that the commandments of God that we heard about, oh by the way, earlier in the chapter it says, and I'm going to put this stuff before you, this manah, to see if you'll keep my commandments or not. And the first thing they do is they go out and break the Sabbath. They're not keeping his commandments, even though they had them, even in that day. So, some of them go out and on another day they gather more than what they needed for the day, more than an omer per person. And so what did they end up with? They ended up with spoiled manah. That's worse than manah. What is it is bad enough, but spoiled, what is it, is even worse. Right? And it bred worms. And it stank. But when they gathered twice as much and kept it overnight on the day before the Sabbath, it didn't breed worms and it didn't stink. Because God was testifying to them in that, that they should rest on the Sabbath day and not go forth and gather their food. You've heard me say this before. I think it's a great illustration. Maybe some of you are nonplussed by it. But on the way to church today, I saw two vultures and two hawks. And what were those vultures and hawks doing? They were out earning a living today. Not us. We don't have to earn a living today. We don't have to go out and gather today. Nope. The Lord provides for us during the week all that we need for all seven days without having to work on the seventh day. He has not done so for the animals, but he has done so for his own. If we would simply trust him and take that up and take our foot off of the Sabbath. Okay, so then notice beyond that, that they are supposed to do one more thing. They're supposed to fill an omer of uh, manna, uh, fill up a, a container that is the size of an omer, And they're supposed to put that in the ark. Lay it up next to the testimony. Now the ark is not built yet. All they have are the two tables. The testimony. And so next to the testimony, wherever they're keeping them at this point, we're not told. They're to put that manah right next to it. Later on, after the box is built, the ark of the covenant with the gold lid and the angels on the lid, the the cherubim on the lid, they will put the tables of the law and the manna in there and then we'll wait to, until ex- uh, sorry, Numbers chapter 16 and we'll have Aaron's rod that buds and that goes in there too. And all three of those things witness, don't they, to the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. The priesthood of Christ, the law keeping of Christ and Christ the living bread which came down from heaven. Those all three things, witness to the work of Christ. So that Manah, then, our Lord Jesus Christ, will use it in a twofold way, won 't he? He will use it in the way that is uh, spoken for us in Hebrews chapter four, right They did not enter into rest, they did not receive that bread in the way that they should have, even though they had the gospel preached to them, and then in John chapter six, Jesus will use Manah specifically to tell him to tell them that he is the living bread which came down from heaven, that we ought not to labor for the bread which perisheth, but the bread which will nourish us through to eternal life. All right, we'll have to stop there with Exodus chapter 16. Let's stand.